0: As you know, you must give the firstborn male that is born in your herd of flock to the priest. When you do so, you must consecrate it verbally to Hashem, your God. You must not work the field with the firstborn ox or other cattle, nor with the firstborn of your flock. You must not shear the firstborn of your flock or cattle. Addressing the khanim as individuals, Moshe continues, you must eat it before God, your God. Within the place, the city that Hashem will choose as the location of your temple, you, your wife, your children, and the rest of your household may eat it once its bloods and fats have been offered up on the altar. You should optimally eat the firstborn that are born each year within the first year of their lives. But if you do not, this does not invalidate the sacrifice. You may still sacrifice it and eat it later. The meat of the firstborn may be eaten on the same day it is offered up the night after the following day. Once it's slaughtered and brought up on the altar, you have basically 36 hours. If the firstborn animal is blemished, whether it is lame, blind, or suffering from any other bad permanent blemish that is visible on its exterior, you must not sacrifice it. The meat of of a blemished firstborn animal is not subject to the restrictions of ritual impurity opposed on sacrificial meat, you may eat it in any of your cities, the ritually impure and the ritually pure together. However, even though you are thus permitted to eat meat, whose consumption was otherwise restricted because it was allocated on the altar, do not suppose that you can eat its blood. The blood must be spilled as water. Again, Moshe starts addressing the entire people. He moves towards the festivals, and he moves towards some of the Chagim, the ones that he wants to add some details on. Specifically, he focuses on Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. We already spoke about them in the Pasha of Emar, but over there we also spoke about Roshan Yom Kippur. Over here we don't. Moshe says to the Jewish people, the restrictions of offering up sacrifices only at the centralized temple applies to the sacrifice you must bring up on festivals as well. Furthermore, now that you're about to enter the land and cultivate it, you must ensure that these festivals coincide with specific points in the annual progression of the seasons. As you know, you are to observe the three pilgrim festivals each year. Let's start with Pesach. Safeguard the timing of the month of Nisan, ensuring that the grain will be ripe when Nisan arrives the beginning of spring in in Israel. So you'll be able to offer up the omer, barley, from the new crop on the second day of Pesach, as prescribed. If you see that the grain will not ripen time, add a leap year to the calendar before Nisan that year, because the lunar year is shorter than the solar year, and therefore, every once in a while, we have to catch up. Today, we, we have it already in a system where we make sure to catch up. The lunar year is 11 days shorter than a solar year, so over a um, 19-year period, you pretty much have 209, 210 days missing. So you add seven months in a 19-year period. Every 19 years, you add seven months of second adars. Sometimes it's every third year, sometimes every second year, and that's why you have leap years. You must also make sure that the Nisan will fall in the ripening season because you must offer up the Pesach sacrifice to Hashem your God which commemorates the exodus from Egypt during this month and because Hashem brought you out of Egypt in the month of ripening. Specifically, on the morning after Hashem gave you permission to leave on the night of the 15th of Nisan, you must slaughter the Pesach sacrifice to Hashem your God from your flock and a peace offering from the cattle in the temple and the place which Hashem will choose to rest his name. If there are too many people in a group for each one to receive a satiating portion of the Passover sacrifice, then offer up a festival peace offering on the 14th of Nisan. Eat it first, so your portion of the Passover sacrifice will satiate you. So in other words, you bring the chagiga, the other sacrifice. This optimal festival peace offering is brought... In addition to the obligatory festival peace offering brought on the first day of the holiday, the meat from this peace offering, unlike that of the Passover offering, must be eaten, may be eaten the following day, however, it may not be eaten beyond this time. So it was kind of a unique Pesach gift, an opportunity that if there wasn't enough meat in the Paschal sacrifice, you bring this other sacrifice. You must not eat the Passover sacrifice with leavened bread from us, you removed. You must remove all leavened bread from your possession before you even slaughter it. For seven days thereafter, you must eat matzahs, the bread that will remind you of your affliction in Egypt, because since the Egyptians pressured you to leave, you went out of Egypt hastily, and the, pre- the bread you baked that morning did not have time to rise. You must eat the Pesach sacrifice and matzahs in order that you remember the day that you went out of Egypt the rest of the days of your life. No leavening agents of yours may be seen, found, throughout your domain, meaning under your control, for seven days, in the diaspora, eight days. None of the meat of the Passover sacrifice, which you must slaughter on the afternoon of the 14th, may remain uneaten all through the night until the morning. You must finish it by midnight. However, if you bring up that extra sacrifice, you may eat it the next day. The obligation to offer up the Passover sacrifice solely in the temple is not only an active commandment. It's a restrictive commandment. You may not bring it anywhere else. You must bring it only in the place that Hashem chooses to send, uh, to settle, that means in the temple, on the 14th in the afternoon, and you must eat it after the sun sets. You must roast the Pesach sacrifice, not cook it, and eat it anywhere in the place that Hashem, your God, will choose, that means somewhere in Jerusalem. You must spend the night following the first day of the Pesach sacrifice in the temple city, you may leave and go home on the 16th. The only bread you may eat for the next six days is matzahs. You must not eat leavened bread. If you wish to eat matzahs made from the year's new crop of grain, you may do so only after the omer of barley is brought up the second day of Pesach. Thus, you may eat matzahs made from the new crop of grain for only six out of the seven days of the festival. On the seventh day of the festival, it's a restriction of, in other words, you may not work, and it's dedicated to honor Hashem, the Shvi Shal-Pesach, and the diaspora, the eighth day as well, Achron Shal-Pesach. You must count seven weeks for yourself. You must begin to count these seven weeks from the 16th of Nisan, the Omer, which is the first time the sickle may be put to the standing crop of grain to harvest it. The first grain that may be cut from the year's new crop is the Omer of barley offered up on this day in the temple. After it is offered up, you may begin to harvest your personal crops. At the end of these seven weeks, you must observe the festival of Shavuot, in honor of God your God. You must celebrate it by offering up extra festival peace offerings and inviting guests to eat with you. This applies to the other pilgrim festivals, Pesach and Sukkot as well. The extent of your generosity should be in accordance with the abundance Hashem gives you and blesses you. You must rejoice before your God, specifically on Sukkot. Sukkot is a time of extra simcha. You, your wife, plus the four categories of household members, son, daughter, bondman, bondwoman, on condition that you also provide to the four types of people Hashem asks you to care for, the Levite, the resident alien, the orphan, and the widow who are amongst you. Hashem promises that if you gladden his four, he will gladden your four. You must all rejoice by celebrating the festivals and eating these peace offerings in the place which Hashem, your God, will choose to establish his name, Temple City. You must recall that you were a slave in Egypt and Hashem redeemed you, only in order that you safeguard his rules, meaning ensuring that you keep the mitzvahs properly by studying the Torah's instructions on how to perform mitzvahs properly and do them. And finally, you must observe for yourself the festival of sukkahs for seven days from the 15th to the 21st of Tishrei, which is when you typically gather the produce into your home from your threshing floor and your wine press that have been outside all summer. This is the beginning of autumn for safeguarding during the rainy winter. As you were promised regards to Shavuot, Sorry. I, earlier, I mentioned about joy. I was talking about Shavuot. Sukkot is specifically the time of joy. You must rejoice in your festival of Sukkot. You're your wife plus the four categories, and take care of Hashem's four categories of people. You must celebrate the festival in honor of Hashem, your God, for seven full days in the place Hashem will give you, because Hashem will bless you with all the produce and the work of your hands, and you will thus be have the opportunity to thank Him. And Hashem will ensure that you'll only be happy during this time. Again, you see the word happiness a second time, because, again, Sukkot is the time of joy. Every one of your males must appear before God, your God, in the place that he will choose the temple three times a year. Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, each male must not appear empty-handed, but rather bring with him animals to offer as offerings. Every man must bring as much of these offerings as he can afford in accordance with the blessing Hashem has given you In the form of material abundance. Please God, each and every one of us, soon.